Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Huntington Study Group. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have Christian Neri on with us from Paris. Um, I am going to let him introduce himself and tell what he does. He is a researcher um, and is doing some great things uh, for research for Huntington's disease. Thank you so much for joining me today, Christian. Absolutely. So, what is it that you do in research? What What is your your background? Well, uh, I am a director of research at Intern, which is a big uh, research organization in France, and have been working on Huntington disease for uh, more than fifteen years. Um, I've been uh, much interested in understanding how the disease works on a global level, and uh, this led me to, to basically um, um, facilitate the, the working group on system modeling and bioinformatics at the European Huntington Disease Network now since uh, 2008. That I am acting and serving as, as the lead facilitator of that group. Um, also, I've been uh, working with the patient association and the former chair of the association Huntington um, Funds. So, yeah. Um. You're doing a lot in the Huntington's community. Um, so, a question, you know, I always like to ask, um, you know, why Huntington's? But one of the things um, I wanted to ask you is what's the current and major trend in research on HD? Well, to give you a bit of context, I mean, we know a lot about um, what is going wrong um, in the HD brain. Uh, we know a lot about several mechanisms that are driving the pathology uh, in neurons or other uh, brain cells. Um, but what we don't really understand is basically what is what the, the most important sequence of events is, you know, uh, that would explain that um, uh, the progression of the disease, what we don't really understand is basically the temporality of the process, whether there is a critical window uh, during which there may be some critical mechanism that is more important that, than another one and that should be targeted, you know, to develop a new treatment. So um, a major trend along this line has been to produce a large amount of data at the genomic level where um, we are now able to know, to understand what is the expression of every gene uh, in the genome of every cell. And uh, that's really a major achievement, and that is really specific to the HD field. I think that the HD community 
has been able to produce big data, as we call them, uh, at a genome-wide level. And, and that provides really a unique opportunity to develop new therapies for Huntington disease, but also to understand how uh, a neurodegenerative disease may work at the, at the global level, at the systems level. So that's really, I think we are fortunate that the HD community and the uh, Huntington Disease Foundation, several of them in the US, have been driving this trend. You know, that is, let us produce more data so that we can be in a better position to um, develop uh, neuroprotective treatment as soon as possible. Talk about genomics. What is genomics? Okay, so uh, genomics is basically a software. Um, it's a sort of artificial intelligence uh, method, uh, machine learning method that is able to basically precisely analyze this large and very diverse amount of data that we have on the expression of genes uh, over time. Uh, during uh, aging, so to speak, and also in different cell types. Um, the brain is made of several uh, cell types, not only neurons that are interconnected to achieve a task, but also um, there are a lot of interconnections between neurons and support cells. We call them the glial cells. So I don't want to go into the details, but now we have information for that. And uh, Geomic, um, the idea behind Geomic was, well, now that we have such a large amount of data, we can think of the data as shape. Uh, you can think of the expression of a gene across time points, that would give you a curve. And if you have that for several cell types, that would give you a surface. And for every gene, we have that surface. And we have thousands of surfaces. So the idea behind Geomic is to uh, apply uh, what we call shape analysis to determine whether the shape may be similar to another shape and whether a gene may behave like another gene or not. So we basically calculate the cost for deforming a shape, whether it is a curve or a surface, into another one. If the cost is small, it means that basically the two genes behave the same, they are under the same kind of control, and possibly they may achieve the same kind of task. Uh, whereas if the, shape, um, the shapes are very different because the cost for transformation is high, then um, that gene is going to behave to another family, uh, another cluster, as we call it. And the, the, what is amazing is that using that method, um, that took basically several years to develop, um, we were able to reach a strong level, high level of precision in terms of not only understanding what could be the most important mechanism at a given point of the disease process in the brain, in the triatom of uh, of HD mice, because we are talking about mice, not humans. Um, but also, we, we were able to prioritize a potential targets, therapeutic targets. And um, with a level of precision that is so far, I think, quite unique. Mm -hmm. 
um, and was not reached before because the level of integration and the precision of the analysis um, was already impressive, but not so much, uh, including using methods that we used to, to, to apply in the past to this, uh, this uh, data set. So that is unique, you know, it's a machine learning method that is really precise in, uh, in uh, collecting a small number of uh, highly interesting genes that could be targeted to slow down the disease process, and that's also a method that is able to provide us with the big trend. You know, uh, a disease is not only a series of uh, aggravation of pathogenic processes, there is also a role for what we call compensation. Um, I, I can tell you more about that if you like. Yes. And well, basically, what we found also using genomic, uh, our genomic analysis uh, to analyze this large data set, um, I want to say that these data were produced not by our lab, but they were produced by collaborators in the US. Um, they were produced by William Young at UCLA. They were produced by Miriam Hyman at MIT. And these guys have been used, made a huge effort to produce this uh, very rich uh, data that then we, we, we analyzed using Germany. So um, with that said, um, the major and the sort of unexpected conclusion of Zeonis uh, is that in the brain of HMI, what drives neuronal death is not the aggravation over time of pathogenic mechanisms. It is the loss of a compensatory mechanism that in every cell type, in every condition, including all disease conditions, uh, are important for the disease to repair its components and basically resist stress or resist a disease process. So, um, <clears throat> can you give the view that you have on what kind of target we should uh, focus on? Um, of course, there is a strong focus now on reducing the level of mutant HTT, um, and there are several clinical trials that are ongoing, one of them that failed, unfortunately. Um, but in this paper, in this study, uh, what we say is that um, there is another approach that should be pursued and should be investigated by the community that is to basically reinstate the capacity of the brain cells to resist the disease process by targeting some of the genes that uh, we have identified in this study that we put forth uh, in this study. It's amazing. Um, you know, just having this other area, this other option to look at um, and to realize, you know, it's, like you said, it's, it's a failure to compensate, basically, um, in the brain and um, with the cells. And, and, and that's very interesting to have that take and to have that, that information. So thank you for sharing that. And what has genomic found and you found in regards to HD with, with the research that you've done? So, I mean, genomic found this. You know, we found uh, the fact that uh, 
um, there is the process in, uh, in the brain of HDMI is more about a lot of compensation than anything with uh, the aggravation of uh, direct or causative pathogenic biology or pathogenicity. That's a major finding. There is also a database that is publicly available where people can dig into our data, you know, and pick up the gene that for them makes sense uh, because they understand a lot about that gene and that uh, function, you know, and, and possibly pursue uh, an approach where uh, they would be looking at what is the compensation mechanism that is behind that gene, you know, uh, how can I, is that lost? Uh, how can I reinstate compensation over time? Uh, should I block the expression of the gene? Should I stimulate it? Um, so that, that's basically, I think, uh, a, a tool. The, the database itself, is, I hope, is going to be a, a tool that is appreciated by the, by the community you know, to make progress with uh, thinking about uh, new the website um, and that that is available because I actually went to it um, and I went on there and, and looked at all of this stuff and it's so amazing to look at and um, I love that it's just available for anybody to pick up and it's got the different genes and um, it's fascinating um, so I will include that website on the show page because I really want people to go and look at this research and see I mean you can see it that's what's so great about genomics. It's one of the reasons I wanted to do the show is you can see it. Um, so it's absolutely wonderful. The website is great. I love that it's available to anybody. Um, and, and thank you for that. Thank you for making it available. Um, I'm, I'm going to go and have you break down compensatory processes. And basically, when we say a failure to compensate, what does that mean? Let's break that down for the HD community. Well, um, I would have to explain what is compensation. I think a good starting point uh, for people that are not biologists um, is really to, 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 to realize that um, in the course of life, every cell in every tissue is facing cellular strike. And that's okay. I mean, that's normal. And uh, um, that's part of the game, I would say. Uh, producing energy in the cell is a cause of stress. Uh, but we have, we are equified to compensate for that stress. And um, these mechanisms that we have were selected during the evolution. Um, you know, evolution is driving is driven by stress, life uh, is driven by stress response. So we have this stress response mechanism in all cell types, in neurons, in muscle cells, you know, in bone cells, and so on. And this stress response mechanism are uh, there to ensure the survival of the cell during life. Um, they ensure also that if there is some damage caused to the cells um, because of the normal conditions or pathological conditions, there is also repair that is activated so that the cell can survive uh, 
uh, over a long time, and that is especially important in neurons because neurons don't divide. You know, uh, these are what we call post-mitotic cells. So repair in neurons is just super important. So these are the stress response mechanisms. So stress response can have two outcomes. You can be successful, and we call that compensation, or if you would like, cellular resilience. If it is not successful, um, what happens often is that the cell is going to become suboptimal in achieving function, and also it's going to become uh, what we call the senescent cell. Uh, so cellular senescence has been associated to several neurodegenerative diseases, including Huntington's disease, and the senescent cell is, you know, initially there was something good, and then it turns bad, you know. And senescence supposedly uh, is bad to the cells and to the tissues because basically um, senescent cells they tend to secrete factors that are toxic to neighbor cells, and we don't want that. So the whole game is to keep the cells, you know, the whole game is to shift the to shift the balance towards resilience away from senescence. And that requires a lot of a lot of knowledge on the regulation that in every cell type in the brain um, is important for achieving this uh, stress response, avoiding senescence and um, being successful with cellular resilience. Uh, it's important at the molecular level, the cellular level, and obviously it's important at the functional level. So, compensation <clears throat> um, is all about that. You know, compensation is successful stress response, and this is what we like to uh, reinstate because obviously in Huntington disease you have stress response, but at some point it fails. Uh, you know, protecting the brain, and the brain is going to uh, have problems, and people are going to develop symptoms. So we know that there is a failure. But in the genomic analysis, we demonstrated that this is, this is the case at the cellular and molecular level, and we have all this uh, information in the database to basically avoid, uh, avoid that situation. So um, thank you for that. That was very helpful. Um, as somebody in the HD community who, you know, a lot of times I need things broken down for me, <laughs> um, it's, I think of it, you know, when I think of the word compensation as it relates to the brain, I think of a traumatic brain injury and somebody's brain basically rewiring to compensate um, for the areas that are damaged. But this is actually taking it to the cellular level of a stress response and dealing with it in these cells and compensation in these cells. And so that's what's so interesting about this is we're talking about, you know, a failure to compensate in, cell, in cells and how we, we reinstate that or um, in the long run how to make sure it doesn't happen in the first place if, if we get it into somebody early enough. Um, and Geomic is able to identify and put basically an image for things that um, work with these cells, right? So these other genes that may help um, and work similarly to certain tasks or 
work differently and how would those things help. So it gives us a whole other area to look at um, aside from what's in clinical trials right now. Um, and it's just amazing. Like I said, going to the website, actually seeing the images, the shapes, um, really gives something to me for research to be able to see, you know. Um, it makes me feel like, okay, well, I'm finally understanding a little bit of, of what's going on. So thank you. Thank you for the research that you're doing, and thank you for making that available. Thank you for coming on our show and sharing this information. It's something that we in the HD community need to know in order to participate and help with research. Um, so I, I just really appreciate you taking the time today to, to talk with me, especially with the big time difference and having to work that out. Uh, I mean, you're welcome. I mean, thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm glad that uh, I could share um, some uh, more information uh, for the community about uh, this uh, study that we did with uh, Miriam Ayman and other uh, key researchers. And you can actually go to the website and look at Geomet through our show page. Um, I will include the um, website there. Um, please make sure to tune in to our show next week. Um, we've got a really good lineup, which you can find on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on our help4hd.org website. Um, they're all there. You can find the shows on there as well. Hope everyone just has a wonderful day and takes care. Thanks again. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.